Iconic makeup artist. Beauty industry revolutionary. Entrepreneur. Bobby Brown is all these things and so much more. Throughout her career, she has crossed paths with some of the most accomplished people at the top of their field. These conversations are a look into their inspiring lives because everyone has a story. This is Long Story Short with Bobby Brown. Today on the podcast, my guest is Alaria Baldwin. She is a yoga enthusiast. She is the mother of four kids under five, if you could imagine that. She is the wife of Alec Baldwin. She has a few yoga studios in New York, and you could definitely see her on her Instagram posing and taking care of her kids. She's real. She has the flattest stomach I've ever seen for a new mom. And here's my conversation with Ilaria Baldwin. Hi. Hi. I'm uh, I'm Bobby. It's so nice to meet you. Ilaria, very nice to now, meet you. Now, how do you say it? You say Ilaria? Ilaria. Do people call you Hillary? Sometimes. So, and, you know, it's the same name. Right. So it's it's fine. It means happy. Right. But I found out that you are not from Brazil. I'm I, not I from Brazil. I don't know why I had this no, vision I'm that you and Giselle from... were on the beach I, together. That sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah, can I have a redo? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, my family lives in Spain. Okay. And I have moved to New York mm-hmm. when I was 19 years old. Wow. I went to Your NYU. English is Well, impeccable. I grew up speaking both English and Spanish. Okay. So, um, so yes, and my both, children. Both parents are Spanish. My um, my family is mixed of a okay. bunch of different things, but um, but yes, they all live there. And no, I, I grew up bilingual as my children are getting brought up bilingual. That's so cool. And you have what twelve. 13, how many kids At least 17 yeah, children. Yeah. Wait till the end of this one. I'll probably okay. have pop out another one. <laughs> Do you no. think you're going to have a fifth? You know what? I don't know. You're going to need a new car. I, I, You know what? Already, it's it's pretty tight. Yeah, how do you get four kids and it, you and your husband in a car? Forget um, about bringing anyone else to help. So you put, so I have a car with three rows. I put two in the back, two in the middle. I'm the driver. And uh-huh. then my husband's in the passenger side because I am one of those people that I'm like, don't even... Like I'm such a, a backseat driver. So you tell me you're a control freak. May, uh, and there's nothing wrong I'm, with that because I am I have too. my moments. I have yeah. my moments where I pick my battles, but definitely driving is one of them where I feel safer when I am in the pilot seat. Okay. Well, they do have my friend just got this really cool like like van with like a lot of seats and a TV. Like you could live in there, and so you might have to get that Mercedes like. It's really cool for your yeah, fifth You know, kid. we thought about that. We actually were, when I was very pregnant with this last one, my husband is like, we're getting a bus. Oh. And he wanted me to, like right when the baby was due, to drive to Jersey or wherever it is yeah, to Jersey. test drive this bus. And I was just terrified. And of course, he like made appointments at Friday at like rush hour. And I was like, I'm going to go into labor and I'm going to be in Jersey driving a bus. And this is how the baby's going to be born. So I said, uh-uh, we're not going to do it. And then we actually realized that we could all fit into the car that we already had. Yet, if we do have another one, we will yeah. have to go okay. into the bus. Okay. All right. How old's your baby? He's six months old. He's six months old. And how old is your oldest? Five. Okay. So there are so, four babies in four and a half years. You know, they usually tell you not to do certain things after you get home with the baby, like no sex for a while. You clearly do I, I know. Well, <laughs> well, the thing is, a lot of people think that you can't get pregnant while breastfeeding. Oh, you can. I have three people yeah. to show that you can. Uh-huh. Um, I found out my closest two are a little over 14 months apart. And I found out I was pregnant when my third, when my second was six months old. I think they call that Irish twins. Almost, <laughs> almost. It's, oh I, yeah, I just missed the yeah. Irish twins. 
Oh, and so, all right, we're going to go back to college. So you okay. went to NYU. What did you major in? I went in? to NYU. I studied art history. Mm-hmm. I was a dancer, and I traveled around a lot. I had no friends. I was very studious. I got what do very you mean you good had no grades. Friends? I literally had no friends. I had friends in dance, but I was not a very social person in school just because I was, you know, working all the time and studying all the time and I was very type A and um, I had, you know, I wrote about this in a book. I, I wrote a book called The Living Clearly Method and I had an eating disorder till I was 25. And so that was kind of the really big struggle. So I, I kind of went inside and just um, was in my in my own world um, and very focused on just school and work and dance. And I started teaching yoga then as well. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I through that struggle, through those very you know difficult and dark years. You know, by the time I was twenty five, I really think I got to a, a great place. Um, and and so no, I'm I'm uh, not, I don't want to say I'm I'm happy I had those years, but I definitely appreciate that they they taught me a lot. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, what kind of dancer were you? I did ballroom dancing. Uh-huh. I did ballroom dancing, and then I started teaching yoga when I was twenty. And that kind of got into, you know, I had got the bug of that, which was, you know, for the first time in my life, I was doing something where I was focusing how I felt rather than how I looked on the outside. And that was such a lovely, lovely Mm -hmm. experience to be able to, you know, it's all about breathing and moving and doing something that's good for your body. Um, I started um, a yoga studio with a man named Michael Patton um, when I was 25. Mm -hmm. And um, I broke my hip three weeks before that. And so I opened up the studio. Too much exercise. You know, they say that the cobbler has holes in the shoes. Mm -hmm. I definitely wasn't listening to myself. And I think I just beat my body up for so many years. At Um, 25. At 25. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Well, it it was interesting because... I knew something was wrong. I mean, I, when you grow up and you're an athlete, um, because I did gymnastics and I did different kinds of dance as well since I was two. When you grow up, you you don't. Your job isn't to listen to your body. Your job is to, you know, make other people feel good and entertain other people and be super tough and not speak up when something hurts. And so I was used to chronic pain growing up, and I was used to suffering. I'm I'm a tough person, and you know what? I used to wear that as a badge of honor. And it's actually something that I've learned to to that I need to nurture and mm. take care of a little bit because I can push myself too far, like right. break my hip. Right. I started feeling tremendous amount of pain in my left hip, and I went to a doctor, and the doctor said, "Oh, she's 25 years old. She probably pulled something." They sent me away with some sort of muscle relaxer that I didn't take. And then um, I kept on going back, and it was over a course of two weeks. Um, I obviously, you know, didn't have great healthcare at that point. Um, I am a yoga instructor, so I went to like acupuncture. I had, um, you know, this guy, this herbalist, he was like checking my pulse. And he actually said to me, he said, you have something wrong with your bone. I can't help you. Wow. And so I eventually got to a place where I actually wasn't able to walk. And I had, um, one morning I woke up and I found another doctor I could go to, and I literally had to hold onto the walls to drag myself to get into a cab. And um, I asked somebody to walk me from after I got out of the cab to help me get to the door. And you know, if you know Manhattan, you know that's maybe like 10, 15 feet from the curb right. to the door. Um, and then I went upstairs. They had me come. They gave me some crutches. They said come back tomorrow for an MRI. And um, and I did, and we weren't going to get the results to Monday. 
I woke up on a Sunday and I fell and I broke my hip all the way through. Then I proceeded to stay home, I know, great, stay home, not go to the emergency room because mm-hmm. I didn't want to bother anyone on a Sunday. See how I'm always, always caring for someone else? And on that Monday, um, the doctor called me and I said, I fell. And she said, well, your hip is barely connected. You have a stress fracture and you've broken almost all the way through. And so an ambulance came and brought me up for surgery and I had surgery on my hip. Um, and then I was in a wheelchair for a long time and then crutches who t- who took and care crutches. Of you? Um, I had a lot of my students actually. So I was very fortunate that I lived in a very tiny apartment, but it had an elevator. Um, and I had very nice doorman. And I, um, my students would take turns wheeling me to the studio, which was about four blocks away from my house. Um, and it was tough because it was December, January, and then beyond. But that's when that's when I broke my hip. That was right at the beginning. I uh, would, you know, do everything from like clean mats in the wheelchair to sweep the the floor. And you, can you imagine we're no, starting not, this you're yoga? You're not typing. No. You're not typing. Okay, <laughs> well, a minus me. But I'll but can you imagine coming to a yoga studio and the instructors in a wheelchair? like mm, turn around <laughs> yes but I said I promise I won't do right. this to you well, anyway it was a good it right. was a good learning experience and then I got the pins taken out a year later because I had pins put in my hip and then I met Alec like three oh. months later okay well I want to go there but I want to go back because you said okay. something so I definitely want to ask both questions but I want to go back when you said you got into yoga because you wanted to not focus on the outside mm-hmm. now clearly you walk in a room and everyone looks at you you're an absolutely beautiful oh, stun- no sweet. you're a, you have a stunning face stunning like everything, body, everything about you. And as another woman, I can say that. Did you ever have a time where you looked in the mirror and said, I don't like the way I look? Of course. I mean, that was, I, I remember I started dieting when I was five. And it was one of those things. I, I remember somebody came up to me on the playground and said, you're very skinny, you're very pretty. And I remember, I, don't, I can't mm. tell you what the person wow. looked like, but I remember that that was so ingrained in my head. And I, I just kind of went with it. And I said, okay, skinny equals pretty. And that that was some kind of power. Um, and, you know, so then I was very, very focused on that throughout my, my childhood. Um, and then, um, you know, yeah, sure, I had low self-esteem. And that's why people do these things. And, and that's the interesting thing about therapy because I, I definitely did a lot of it. My interest in yoga was definitely a way to heal my sick self was that you know I would go into therapists and I would say yeah I know it's I know it's silly that I starve myself or that I you binge and perch I know that's ridiculous and they would say well that's great you shouldn't do it anymore I'll be like okay if only that would work and then I'd go home and I would <laughs> right. repeat the same cycle and so what I found with yoga and what I did as I created the living clearly method which is what I believe eventually helped me was I got into those moments of where I would be doing the bad behavior. I'd be doing the binge purge. I'd be doing the restriction. I would be upset about something. And then I could wake myself up. Because whether it's cigarettes, shopping too much, whether it's um, you know rage, whatever it is, we go somewhere else when we're doing behavior that we know we shouldn't do. We turn off, our brain turns off a little bit, and then we just, our body continues on. And so I realized that I needed to wake myself up. And so the more that I did yoga and the more that I practiced feeling and breathing and being in myself rather than constantly dissociating, the more that I did that, then I realized, you know, as I was about to 
binge purge. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I would feel my chair. I'd feel the table. I'd feel my hands. I'd feel my hair. I would get into a place. I could do a little yoga. I could do a little breathing. I'm like, I don't want to do it. And it took a long time. But I remember I was, you know, a teenager and you have to, you sit up and they cover your hands and you're like F space, T space, Z space. And then little by little, you start to learn where the letters are. And then the letters coming together can make a word, word becomes sentence. And then eventually just thoughts. Thoughts. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning, it's really hard and you have to slow it down and you really have to be patient with yourself and not shame yourself when you don't get it right. And then eventually, little by little, it just becomes second nature. And then to the point now where I just don't even have to really think about it. Do I do certain things that keep me grounded? Yes. I love going for a jog. I have no children with me when I go for a jog most of the time. Sometimes I have a jogging stroller out east. But usually it's my own time. I can put my headphones on. I can listen to music. I can breathe. I feel the speed and the wind on my face. I love it. I can go take a class. I can, you know, do certain things that keep me grounded, keep me in my body. And then I don't have to really think about it for the rest of the time because right. it's just second nature now. I reprogrammed myself. So can you eat anything you want or do you watch what you eat? Um, I will let myself eat, like you mean in terms of like sugar and or stuff like that? just food. I mean, what's your... So my, my basic philosophy is that food is fuel. So I want to eat good things because I want to feel good. And if I don't feel good that because I'm eating a lot of junk, that's essentially the same thing as, that's just as bad for you as being anorexic or, mm -hmm. or bulimic. Right. So that being said, you know, when we go out, which we do so frequently with all the different, you know, obligations and, and different hobbies that we have, um, I will have dessert. I will be able to have, I'll eat bread before dinner. All these kinds of things that were so scary to me. You could eat make. bread and dessert and not... Yeah, so your yeah. body is just like an athlete right now. My body is an athlete, but it's also I I learned the most one of the most difficult um, things in life, which is when am I hungry and when am I full, and that's ultimately what all of these different eating issues come down to. Is do does the average person know when when he or she is hungry or he or she is full? I would say probably not. How many times we eat for all the wrong reasons or we forget to eat, we're not paying attention to our body. Now, I, I remember after doing all this different stuff, I just got fed up with it. That is the saying, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. I said, you know what? I'm gonna pay attention to myself and I'm gonna know that eating isn't just in the mouth. It's actually as my body is ingesting it and feeling the my body really absorb all of the food. And that got to a place of just being able to kind of let go. And that's the last part. So my, my Living Clearly method is perspective. So being able to say, whoa, this is what's going on and seeing the situation. Then you breathe. So then you're going to breathe through it. Then you want to make sure that you ground. Okay, where am I connected to the ground? And you say, oh, that person's very grounded. And then you balance. Where's my center over where I'm ground? Where am I? Where is my soul? And then letting go. What do I need to let go of that's not serving me? And basically using those in all aspects of life. If somebody, you know, upsets me on the street, I'm like, all right, perspective. I'm not going to feel like this later. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to relax. I'm going to feel my feet in the ground. I'm going to feel my center. And then I'm going to let it go. And then you walk on, you know, that's I mean, very, whether that's it's, very evolved. It's well, yeah. you know what? Yeah. That's why I became so obsessed right. with it. Because it really is for me, what is the good life? Yeah, I, w I will read that book. It sounds, it sounds fascinating. Okay, now I want to know where did you meet your husband? But your husband, by the way, I've done his makeup a couple times. First time was years ago on a cover of a magazine. It was your husband and someone else. He was so sweet, so adorable. 
And the second time was a, a movie that Bruce Weber did about me. And we ran into Alec the night before at Tony's or the Palm or something. And, and your husband became the star of the movie. Uh -oh. and he was so funny and so cute. That's, he really made, he made the movie. That's so, so tell funny. him I said we, hi. We just had uh, dinner with Bruce and Nan uh, at, at uh, Nick and Tony's recently. Yeah, it must have been Nick and Tony's. Yes, yes. yes I just remember love those it. chips on the table. Yeah, yeah yes, exactly the, where the it was. zucchini, the fried yes, zucchini yes, chips. Yes, So you're wondering how, how yeah, I met how him? how you met him. So I had opened up this yoga studio and we had one location and we were searching for another location. And it was the day that we found the second location. Um, and two of my girlfriends w wanted me to come out. And I, I didn't go out a lot, again, because I was just working all the time. This is post, you know, at right, I I'd no longer had crutches. There was none of that. It was February 18th, and it was warm outside. And we were going to go to this place, Pierlotte, over on uh, 17th and Irving. And I saw across the street at this place called Pure Food and Wine that no longer exists, that there was outdoor seating. And we were thinking, I said, you know, could we go there and just have a drink? Do you, are they gonna make us eat? And I said, probably they're not gonna let us sit outside if we say we're not gonna have dinner. And they did. And we sat down and then a, a friend couple sat down and then I didn't see, but Alec and his friend, Brendan O'Connell, who is a painter, sat down. And I was with my girlfriends. Alec remembers me much more drunk than I think I was <laughs> at the time. I think I was more giddy. Um, and I started speaking in Spanish to this guy from Argentina. And I found this whole thing that he was in love with this woman. And she didn't know. And she liked somebody else. And she didn't speak Spanish. So I was like giving him love advice and this whole thing. And I think Brendan was telling Alec what I was saying. Because Brendan speaks Spanish. And he had studied in Spain for a little bit. And Alec kept on looking at me. And one of my girlfriends, she, she hit me and she said, um, Ilaria, Alec Baldwin's looking at you. And rewind to, I had just, I had been dating a lot of like the same kind of guy who didn't have it all together and was kind of annoying me um, a lot. And I had said, universe, I have an announcement to make. I'm ready to meet someone and fall in love. And then she hit me. <laughs> and at the time, I did not put two and two together. I leaned, I remember I leaned over. We were sitting on the same side and I leaned over and he's smiling at me. I winked at him probably from the wine. And then I actually like, I mean, and he knows this. This isn't any, any news. Like, I kind of thought that it was like, oh my God, well, there's this guy who's a lot older than me and he's staring at me and, uh, you know, is his like typical New York night out and like, okay, just leave me alone kind of thing. And he kept on looking at me. And when we left, I had to walk right by his table because they were right. There was a little patty outside and he was sitting right by the stairs. And he grabbed my hand and he said, who are you? I must know you. I must know you. I know, granted, I'm in yoga pants and a plaid shirt and heels. Obviously, my signature heels. <laughs> um, and I um, and I kind of like rolled my eyes. I was like, really? This gonna, you're going to say that to me? And then Brendan started talking to me in Spanish. And I guess he did yoga at the time. I don't, I don't think he still does a lot of yoga, but he, he did yoga at the time. And so we started talking about that. And then Alex said, hey, 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 I know he speaks Spanish and I know he does yoga, but he's married. Talk to me. Talk to me. So he's very, very forward. And I stood there and I talked to him for a little bit. He asked me for my phone number and I said no because I never gave my phone number out to people. Um, but he gave me his phone number and he took a business card out and he wrote down a phone number and I left. And we went to one place after that. So I woke up in the morning and I'm looking at this business card. I'm like, Alec Baldwin? Now, I didn't grow up with a TV. 
So I hadn't seen that much. I knew he was famous, but I didn't see that much. And I really wasn't that interested in it either. How that, much older is he? He's 26 years old. 26 than years older. Okay. And I was 27. I just okay. turned 27. So it felt like a big deal. Yeah. It yeah. felt like a big deal. And um, My dad's only 20 years older than me. So see? yeah. See? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, um, it's. It, yeah, it was it, the the age thing was a difficult thing at the beginning, and then um, I didn't call him back, but my friend did from my phone. She's like, "You said that you would try different, like try to date different kind of people. This is somebody very different. You don't ever date anyone like that." So she called him. He called me back. Left a message that I never listened to. I had one of my friends listen to it, and I caught up the courage after work one night to call him. And I'm walking home, and he picked up the phone. And I was like, oh, my God, what do I say now? And he just said, I just want to spend time with you. I want to get to know you. I'm like, okay. Because I thought maybe like, maybe he wants a yoga class. Maybe uh, he's looking for a private yoga instructor. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> um, and he, um, he said, do you want to come out with me, just the two of us in two days, or tomorrow I'm going out with a group? And I said, I'll take the group thing. <laughs> So we went out as a in the group thing, and you know what? It it um it worked out. I, it was kind of weird. It was a big group of people. I didn't know anybody. I mean, now in hindsight, now that I know everybody was like very famous around the table. I was much younger than everyone as well. My friends dressed me up, and I looked ridiculous. I was wearing like a hat, a black hat, and like an off the shoulder so I like very very nineties red lipstick. I mean, it was like like very knee high boots. It was it was definitely a look. I only had yoga clothes. He got me in a cab with this woman, and we drove home. And he and she proceeded to tell me that I would never hear from him again. Granted, I wasn't even, I didn't even know, was this a date? Was this like, is this, he wants me to did be you like have a, friends? But did you have a crush on him? Did you like him right away? Mm, not, I wouldn't say a crush. I was intrigued. Mm -hmm. Like, is he a handsome man? Yes. Is he charismatic? Yes. But he was just, he was just so different than any, I didn't know what was happening. It was just like such a weird experience. But I was like, okay, I'll have this experience in my life. Um, and but she kind of made me feel bad about myself of like, ugh, like oh, you showed up here and you think you'll never. This is just he just does this kind of thing for fun. She told right. me, and I got out of the car and I was like, well, that sucks. That's <laughs> so sad. And I said, you know what? I I was she at I, your wedding? We are friends. Yes, okay. we are friends. I, they, 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 <laughs> okay. We are friends. <laughs> but she, um, I, I decided I would text him because I was like, you know what? He bought me a meal. And that I was always the kind of person and throughout entire courting, I always put my credit card down and he would never let me pay. But I was like, I don't want to owe you anything. And definitely you see it. And right. you know, with this whole Me Too era kind of thing, I, my way of protecting myself was always like, I don't want to have to owe you anything. I want to make sure that I like you for you and I don't feel like I owe you anything. So anyway, he wrote me back. I just said, thank you so much for dinner. And then he wrote me back. What do you think about dating somebody who's 26 years older than you? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I remember standing in front of my apartment and being like, oh my God, what do I do now? Anyway, then we like fast forward the whole story. We we dated and we saw each other very regularly. And he would have the very in-depth conversations about like, I'm going to marry you. And we're going to have kids. And I'm 27. And I'm thinking, I've just been like trying to like make a guy like, call me back you know I was like one of those of like either you date somebody that you're super interested in and they're maybe not that interested in you or the the opposite where it's like you're like oh god will you leave me alone and you know like you know like girls will get together like okay so he texts me this how can we like how can we phrase the text message so I look like really cool like how much time should I wait before like responding and what was 
amazing with Alec is I didn't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I could write to him when I want. I could write him whatever I wanted. I could write one sentence, like my, my typical texting pattern is all, and drives my friends crazy, but they love me. Like I'll be like, okay, send. That's great, send. All right, I'll be there and through whatever. And I'll send them like 12 text messages to send them like just a couple of things. Um, and that's very, so we could write to each other and it just didn't, it didn't matter. It took him six weeks to kiss me, shook my hand. So he'd be telling me we're going to get married. And at the end of the night, he shook my hand and I'd be like, okay, this guy's really weird. And then he asked permission to kiss me. He's a very, you know. Old fashioned guy. He's very old fashioned. He's a very interesting mix of different things, but he definitely very much respects boundaries. And so um, how long till you I were did. engaged? Then everything went really fast. Six <laughs> weeks after that, so three months into knowing him, right. he asked me to move in with him. Two months after that, we bought he bought an apartment. Like, like who, who, am I, who am I kidding? He bought the apartment that we picked out together. And then um, we moved in once it was ready, months after that. We had, it was already like a thing of like, okay, we'll get engaged. My By the time... We did like the whole ring thing. It was March, so it was a year and a month after okay. we knew each other, um, and then we got then we got married in June. And how soon were you in like the New York Post after you met him? That like, was pretty inter- soon. That right? was an interesting thing, and it was very it was very scary because I didn't know what the New York Post was. I mean, again, I lived in a yoga studio, and I'm not saying that to be cute. I'm not trying to be like I really I, I to this day ask him. I never watch TV. I don't know how to turn it on. I'm very, like, I'm afraid to break things. If the TV is on and we have to leave the house and he's not there, I just leave it. I'm like, I'm not going to press a button because I'm going to mess oh, it up. I mess it every time. And I'm going to get blamed time. for something yeah. and it's going to be like this yeah. whole big thing. I remember that I got a call from an unknown number and one of my best friends was um, was studying in um, South Africa at the time and I thought that it was her. So I pick up the phone, like, hi. And it's just it said, uh, is this, is this, uh, Ilaria? And I was like, yeah, uh, yes, yes. And she said, I'm so-and-so, I can't remember her name. I'm so-and-so calling from the New York Post. Or maybe she didn't even say her name. I'm calling from the New York Post. I know that you're dating Alec Baldwin and I have some questions for you. And I said, I, I don't know, I don't have anything to say or something like that. Or like, I don't have any answers. And she, she was like, okay, fine. And we're like very, very snarky and hung up the phone and I was just like, She's calling from page six, she said. I said, I don't even know what this is. I don't know what happened, but I feel like my life is changing. And then it just began. And you know what? I was really, really scared. I remember that, you know, anybody who's listening to you that like when you get like really like shocked by something, you feel the like the, the your face drain, your mouth gets dry, your heart starts pumping. Anytime you said any of these names of these papers, that would happen because we had such a bad relationship with them. And my big thing is confronting your fears. So I did this whole yoga pose of the day thing in I 2014, remember. which was like ridiculous. And I started off, I was like, oh, just going to teach people how to do yoga. And then I've, I've like come like day, I don't know, like six or something like that. I did something like really weird. And then I realized that people liked it. And then I did what, you know, any performer wants to do. And I was like, okay, I'll do it again. And then I realized it was a wow, 360 days. That's a lot. But so I remember. You, so you've used the press also, like, you know, it's there and you've used it to kind of. I'm, and I'm, I'm not saying that negatively, in a good way to help elevate and your I'm brand going to explain, for goodness. And I'm going to explain. So on April 1st, I was like, what am I going to do on April Fool's Day? And I was at Soul Cycle, and I'm, you know, I used to cycle. I, 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 did, a, I did my cycling binge for, for a while. Um, yes. Yeah. And I was thinking, all right, you know what? I'm going to go into page six, and I'm going to meet these people, and I'm going to do yoga on their desks. Oh. 
and which they loved. With Alex's permission or you didn't ask him? He waited in the car outside. Oh, he did. Okay. But that was my whole thing. Of would like, you have done it without him saying, okay, of course, good, you would have. Of course. Okay. People write me all these things like when I do like my post baby photos, stuff like that. They'd write these things and they'd be like, did you ask your husband's permission for that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is 2018. He probably took the picture to be honest. Yeah. No, he's really cool in terms of all that kind of stuff. He never, he's not trying to control me. Basically, my, my thought process about it was he has his relationship with the press that is what it is and everybody knows what it is. I don't have to have the same relationship with the press and because it's making me feel bad. It's making me feel bad to be afraid of the paparazzi in front of my house, to be afraid of reporters, to hear these, to walk past the newspaper and I'm like getting chills in my body. I don't want to have that happen anymore. So what do I need to do? I need to turn on the light and the shadows are not so spooky anymore. And so that's what I did. I went into there and there's some photos of me like post so cycle. Right. I have like a headband on. I don't look that great doing it. But it's like I did it. And you know what? It was fantastic. And I said to them, I literally said to them, it was so much like for myself. It was like such a therapy session. I was like, I'm not afraid of you anymore. Just so you know. And I'm a nice person and you're going to see that I'm a nice person. And have they been nice ever since? No. To you? No, no. no. But it definitely, well, but job. you know what? It, it We've had nice moments. And I think it was just, it was a good experience. So getting back to your question about have I used the press, as we call this business, it is the business, right? But my thing is, in my yoga studio, I believe that people are people. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what you do for a job. Do I care, you know, if you're if you're like a really bad person, then yeah, we need to like create a little bit of boundary. But people come in and I do believe that we are made out of the same flesh and blood. That goes for people who work in page six. That goes for people who are doctors. That goes for people who are off doing amazing things. That goes for so many different things. And that's where, that's where I have decided I'm not gonna be afraid of people anymore because we're all the same. That's, I think that's go. amazing. Yep, well, yep. Keep your enemies close. Keep, keep your, your enemies, enemies close. Or, you know what? And turn them into friends. Yep. So are you a vegetarian? So I became a vegetarian when I was five. Okay. Um, some of it had to do with that I loved animals and probably some of it had to do with the eating disorder and controlling food, which, uh, you know, if people know anything about it, it's a very common age where, people, where kids start to realize, wow, I have some power, is what I put in my body and what I don't put in my body. Um, I was vegan for a while. I became pescatarian at one point. And then when I got pregnant, my doctor asked me if I could eat um, fish and eggs. And so I incorporated them some into my diet. So I don't eat dairy. Mm -hmm. um, I do eat honey, which if you're true vegan, you don't eat honey. And I do eat some fish and some chicken eggs. So you are what I call a flexitarian, which I'm is flexitarian. don't tell me what to do. I'm going to eat what tastes good and what feels good for my body. Yes. Yes. I am. I am definitely, I'm definitely that. I never, I, I don't like when people say that they're vegetarian and then they're like, but I eat chicken and poultry and, right. and fish yeah. and stuff like that. It's like, no, you're not I a vegetarian. A Just vegan, like, I'm, yeah. right. I'm I, not a vegetarian. Yeah. I could be a vegan if I could have steak tartare and, there you go. and oysters <laughs> and then I'm fine. <laughs> and a little cheese. Okay, fine. There's this, uh, there's this restaurant called uh, Nick's in, in the village that we love to go to and they can either give you a vegan menu or a vegetarian menu uh -huh. and we i asked for one of each i said we're you know uh -huh. we're conveniently vegetarian uh -huh. we're vegetarian uh -huh. one that just sounds I, right your husband must eat meat he actually people think so he he eats um some poultry he eats some fish and he'll eat eggs and then cheese when i'm not looking although i totally know he's he tries to be more healthy in front of me but i know what happens i know everything alec uh -huh. i know absolutely everything <laughs> um but he actually he ate meat until he got together with Kim. And then Kim is a vegetarian, or I think pescatarian. Um, and she 
uh, had him stop eating meat. So that's been like, people give me credit for that, but that was her. And who cooks at your house? Do you have a cook or do you do it? No, we don't have a cook. If we eat at home, we're New Yorkers. Mm -hmm. So if we eat at home, I cook. I love to cook. And our kids, and I'll cook for my kids. Um, do you but, cook Spanish food? So if, for Thanksgiving, I made a paella. Uh -huh. I made tortilla. Uh -huh. I made um, a couple, you know, we made sure we had our olives and um, some stuff with shrimp, a bunch, a bunch of different stuff. So yes, I, that is the kind of food that I typically cook. For my kids, I'll do stuff like lentil soup. There's a lot, of, in my book, there's a lot of recipes. Lentil soup, uh, they love they love tofu. Um, they love tempeh. They, um, Carmen just got into Brussels sprouts, which I'm so excited for because I've had to like blend all vegetables into smoothies for the longest time. She's been going through a phase, but she just decided she likes Brussels sprouts. She's number three. She's number one. Oh, number one. Number five. She's ah. five, five years old. Wow. Yeah, oh she's gosh. five. Oh, come on. Have you, ever, have you ever driven through one of those McDonald's or Burger Kings? No, no. Um, kids and screaming in the car. You haven't fed them. There's traffic. Uh, I, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't have it all together, uh -huh. but I definitely always have the snacks together okay. because I have like tremendous fear of, of traveling with all four of them. So I'm, I'm also like a packer. I'm very, very organized. Everything is in its its place. I, I can um, imagine. Yes. Well, you have to be when you have so many some, kids. Tell me one horror story of you with the kids where something didn't go right and you had a because I've raised three sons mm -hmm. and I said I will never do. I will never do. I will never do. Of course, I did. I had to. They were screaming. We were. Late. I would say we were, that the most in terms of the whole never do is probably the iPad. And the iPad is probably the thing that I struggle with the most because. Um, I, again, I didn't grow up with a TV, so I'm very, uh, I, and I think it made me more creative. No, I, I, that's, that's a very pompous thing to say. I shouldn't say that. I would say that some of my creativity and athleticism came from the fact that I didn't have that as a crutch. I would say my, um, my, my children love it. And Alec even had a conversation with me at one point. He's like, you do realize that I work in TV and movies. It's okay for our kids to be watching some of it. And I was like, okay, I have to like not be so strict about it. So, but then it's a very easy thing of like, okay, the kid's crying, put the iPad. The kid, we're in the car, put the iPad. You know, I'm tired, put the iPad, whatever these things. So I try not to do a lot of it, but I'll definitely use it for emergency cases. Because you have five, four kids under five. I have four kids five and under. Five and under. Five. Yeah. But that Makes like, all the difference. <laughs> I just, I mean, I had a five-year-old and a three-year-old and that was not easy. Right. You know, so I was like, okay, then, the, so that was Five-year-old and three-year-old, yeah, so to, to two years is a, is yeah. a big, is a big thing. It, no, it isn't easy, but you know what I always think, it goes back to the thing of, I was talking about perspective, is yes, I'm tired. Yes, I get stressed out. I would love to be able to go back to sleep in the morning. I, I do feel these things. And then I also know that everybody tells me, and I have It's a moment. It's a moment. And people always say to me, I never spend enough time with my kids, and I didn't have enough kids. They always say that. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend tons of time with my kids, uh, and I'm going to have a lot of them. Um, well, then how do you handle your immensely huge and engaging Instagram? Because, that, you know, you're, you're out there. I'm... I'm out there. So my, my Instagram, my Instagram is, is simply, you know, you, you asked me earlier about, you know, using the press to create a bigger platform. Now, I had this very internal struggle that I talked about at the beginning of the interview. And then I realized that I could teach these classes of, you know, 70 people is my typical number. I could teach this class and, and people would respond to that and they'd come up and say, wow, you have no idea how much you helped me. And then I went and co-founded a studio 
And where is the studio? So there's we have four different locations. Um, although I'm not teaching there at, at the moment, but it's in it's in the village. And what's the name? It's of called it? Yoga Vida. Yoga Vida. Yoga Vida. Okay. And um, and so then I realized that I could bring that to an entire studio. And then I started working with Extra TV. Um, and it, I worked with Extra TV because Steve Sunshine, who is a doll, worked there and called Alec. And Alec and Steve were friends. And I um, and Alec was like, this is a really good guy. You know what? You can do a, you should do a piece with them. Because before, I had tons of people. Who is this yoga instructor that Alec Baldwin is dating and, mar- and getting married to? I think we were engaged at that point. Um, and I was just like closing the door on everybody. And so Extra TV came in and I did a yoga class. And then I started working with them. And I realized, wow, I can like help so many more people. And then I was told to get Instagram. And I'm like, whoa, I can help so many people. So my, my parameters around my Instagram, my rules, my ground rules. It has to be positive. It has to be helpful. Um, and people must behave that way. And you know what? I've created enough thing where if somebody says something, I mean, unfortunately, oh, like I, the whole I, clan is like, Meow. I delete them. As soon <laughs> yeah, as I, I'll, I delete, I'll delete bad them comments. if I see them. But if I don't delete yeah. them because I haven't right. seen it, everybody like jumps on that person, which isn't helpful either. And I'll, I'll go in there and I'll, I'll sort of tell them, hey, you know what? You guys have to be nice to each other as well. But, you know, the idea is, hey, here's a window into my life that actually also helped out with the paparazzi situation. So one of, I'm going to remain, I'm going to leave her nameless, but somebody in the celeb world, she um, told me when we were having so many paparazzi, she said, just post the pictures on Instagram and then people can get it for free. She also told me to wear the same clothes every single day, and I, I didn't do that. But Uh-oh. but I see where she was going with that. But I um, yeah no I I realized if I post pictures of my kids, then they're free for all of these different right. magazines to take. Um, but yeah, no social media has been a really great platform for just you know spreading more more namaste love. Right. And I mean I put these little exercises, these found moment exercises that that you can do throughout your day. And How many followers do you have? Um, I have like um, 420 something thousand something. Am I right? I'm putting somewhere on there. Yeah. Something around cool. that. So also one thing we didn't talk about is your podcast. Uh, yes, my podcast. Yes. Tell me about the podcast. So the podcast, uh, Daphne Oz, who is uh, one of my one of my besties. She's an amazing, amazing woman, an amazing mommy. She and I, we became friends and we would have playdates because her daughter Philomena and my daughter Carmen are similar in age. And we'd just be sitting there at my house and the kids would, you know, be playing and and we'd be chatting about, you know, as moms can go down that rabbit hole of like all these different subjects and like time can go by and you feel like no time has gone by because you're like diapers and cream and this mascara and this workout and just, you know, creating support. Very few things are more draining than giving your life force to a child. Um, that is completely irrational and, you know, doesn't live by the same rules that you live by and you must be patient because if you are patient, you are going to teach your child good things. And if you teach your child good things, it ends up being less work later. Mm -hmm. And so we kept on talking about how, you know, we love we love this dynamic that we have of just chatting and one day it would be amazing to do a show where it wasn't tons of hair and makeup and it wasn't these like outfits and stuff like that but literally we're like in our jeans or in our sweats and we're just bringing this community to where it should be. I mean this idea that we are all the same. The parenthood is a thread that 
that links so many people. A lot of people are parents. Right. And it's just not not just moms, but it's moms and dads and people, you know, who who have adopted uh, children and people who have, you know, take care of an, an, an older parent. I mean, anybody who really right. cares for somebody else, people who have fur babies, all of these things is just, just caring. And now mom brain came because I can't remember anything. I don't know. Does mom brain get better? No, it gets worse. Sorry. <laughs> so it I gets mean, worse. It my turns mom into brain a is different bad. brain. Yeah, my mom brain is bad. I'm not a grandma yet, but you know, I'm sure grandma brain's not that good either. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's kind of that laughter thing of yeah. like, oh God, I can't remember right. anything yeah. and I barely make sense. Yeah. Like there's sometimes I just ramble and I'm like, I, right. I apologize if I'm not making sense. And so- Well, just tell people, someone once told me this, they said, you know, I have this disease. I said, what is it? She said, it's, it's really serious. What is it? It's craft. Like, what's craft? This is my rabbi's wife. She said, can't remember a fucking thing. Oh, my God. I'm going to right? craft. That's so funny. Yeah. Yes, that's how I feel mm, all the yeah. time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, and it's okay. And it's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm up probably like five times a night, most nights, every night probably, uh, on a normal night. And, then, and it's fine. It's fine because they're not going to be babies forever. Uh, well, I've loved every second of meeting you, of talking to you, and tell the listeners where people could find you. You can find me uh, at Ilaria Baldwin. Instagram, at Ilaria Baldwin. I'm just impressed that I don't email. I'm like bad at like most kind of So if I want to check in with you and say, hey, what's happening? How write do I get to me, in touch Write to me at Ilaria Baldwin okay. on Instagram. On Instagram. On That's Instagram, how you talk. So at, I can't email at you. At Ilaria Baldwin. Well, you can email me. And actually, no, I do I do get some of the emails. I just am not as speedy. I'm gotcha. pretty speedy at the Instagram okay. thing. I feel like one of the great things I've learned as being a mom is there's so many different ways for people to reach you mm. and you need to kind of condense right. them. Right. So, so well, I check email occasionally. Gotcha. And there is an email on my Instagram. But if you want to talk to me, right. write to me because I do read my comments. Gotcha. And then where could people hear your podcast? You can go to your podcast and you search mom brain you'll see a picture of Daphne she's going like this I'm going like this so it's kind of like if you're if you can't see me it's like mom faces and um, like horrified faces I should say um, I'm the brunette one Daphne's the blonde in case you don't know and you hit subscribe and then you can email us there and we do read those emails mombrainpod at gmail.com excellent loved every minute of it thank so you nice so to much finally, for your time. This finally so meet nice. you thank you what I really love about Alaria is she is fearless. I love that she's just not afraid what people say. She lives her life her way. And I think she is an inspiration, especially when she talks about her own struggles and how she overcame some eating disorders to become this really positive role model in the yoga world. Make sure you check out Alaria's podcast that she does with Daphne Oz called Mom Brain. If you're a parent or want parenting tips, this is your go-to place. Make sure you download their podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That's it for this episode of Long Story Short. Follow me online at Just Bobby Brown. If there's someone you want on the show, let me know there. And if you guys want to ask me a question, just go to askbobbybrown at gmail.com. Ask me any question and please tell me who else you want me to interview and what topics you want me to cover. If you really like the podcast, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really like the show, send me a few bucks. I promise to send it to charity. And that's a wrap for Long Story Short. This is Long Story Short with Bobby Brown, a Gallery Media Group production.